Did you know that kinky wellness is integral to your self-development? Hi, my name is Dana Shrigal. I'm a kinky wellness coach and owner of The Partition, home of kinky wellness. Each Monday, I bring on a guest to discuss why kinky sexual wellness deserves a seat in the wellness conversation. You can catch my solo shows on Wednesdays, but let's jump into it. Hey, and welcome back. Today, we are welcoming on the show Lala from Lala's Bedtime Tales. Lala's Bedtime Tales is a sexual liberation brand that shares erotica and romance short stories while also focusing on women's sexual wellness and sexual education. The book that we're going to be breaking down today is called Sweet Persuasion by Maya Banks. This story is about a woman named Serena who runs her own fantasy incorporated company, but has never actually gone into her own fantasies herself. So why don't we welcome Lala to the show right away so we can just jump right into this. Welcome, Lala, to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I am excited to talk about Sweet Persuasion by Maya Banks today. Oh, boy. For my first book, this was phenomenal. Thank you so much for the recommendation. It was so good. Yes, it's one of my favorites. I'm super excited you enjoyed it. First of all, when anybody says the word Damon to me, I'm a huge Vampire Diaries fan back in the day. Like, that's kind of where my brain went. Same. (laughs) Yeah, I immediately just pictured Damon as like this character moving forward. But I got to stay out of it. I don't think Damon would like me so much because I got to say I'm a bit of a brat and he seems very straight to the point. No games, no like no is their safe word for starters. Like I'm more of a cheeky type of gal. So I think that that wouldn't work for me long term. Yes, I agree. I was going back over looking at it. And when he was like, he didn't want her to do anything to like get punishments. I was like, that kind of takes the fun out of it to me. So I'm right there with you. I was going to say like, it's very direct. And he seems like a guy that just knows what he wants. But also he kind of reminded me of like a little I'm I'm okay. I'm obsessed with vampires over here. So I'm going to bring up another one. But Edward Cullen, like he's very to the point and no games and things like that. So I'm picturing Damon from Vampire Diaries with this like Edward Cullen type of vibe going on, even though there's no vampires in this book whatsoever, just for our listeners to know. This is just where my brain went to. But just like a little bit about how they got started. So for my first book, I love that they bring in health, like birth control right off the bat, uh, health right off the bat. So I thought that those were super pro tips. Yes, I agree. That's one of my favorite things about Maya Banks in her books. Oftentimes she talks about, she uses anatomical terms. She talks about pre-ejaculation and then also she'll call it ejaculation. She'll talk about, uh, have you been tested? Like uses of condom, birth control. And I feel like that's so important and it doesn't take away the sexiness from reading the erotica book as well. Yeah, absolutely not. I didn't think that at all. Like, of course I want to say, like I got asked on another podcast about, Fifty Shades of Grey. And what I reiterated is these are entertainment purposes, not educational. So for instance, like in BDSM and Kink, there's no, they didn't have a warm up in the book, but it's not something that I'm like, oh, there's no warm up. This is a terrible book. Like, no, this is an entertainment purpose. And so when people kind of say negative things like, oh, this wasn't correct. This isn't what you do in the real world. Of course not. It's a book. It's, it's fun. <laughs> Yes, it's like porn, right? It's for entertainment. It gets like, you know, the foreplay going. It's kind of like the fantasy. What I love about this book is how she talks about how this was a fantasy that she wanted to live through. And I feel like if you kind of have the same feeling, you're living through her fantasy and as well as some of her 
sexual shame that she has around this fantasy and kink as well and her getting beyond that so you see that in her character growth which I love because I feel like a lot of women feel that way they have these fantasies that they might feel are deviant but they're not and there's just a way for you to like release stress and stuff like that like what you see in the book with her yeah well to your point like this sense of possessionness of like I own her first of all mm. Mm, baby doll yeah own me I want to be owned I feel like there's a sense of security and like cherishment when you're owned and the bangles that she had like the on her arm and on her bracelet I love how cute that was like versus a collar and things like that I was like that's so stylish yes I love that too because I love a good collaring scene and I just love collars and I know some men from what I've looked at and researched, they'll do like different necklaces or chokers to kind of give like based on their, you know, their submissive personality. And I love that he went with something more fashionable. It's like, oh, I don't want to do like this uh, collar. So here's a bangle and here's an anklet for you to wear. And I was like, oh, that's cute. I love that. And it fit her personality. Absolutely. Well, a part of it too is like I was laughing with my husband because he wants to get me these bangles that make jingles on the noise and like on my feet and I was like babe you got to read this book hun like just read the book you're gonna love it so I was reading it to him start parts of it and he was like oh my god like I I do want to read this book like I I want to I want to do what he says and I'm like "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah read the book please (laughs) I love that and I love that you do that because I do that with my husband as well I feel like oftentimes people don't understand that erotica is a tool that you can use in the bedroom with your partner to get those ideals flowing and those fantasies and different things that you might want to try out before going to research it and look more into it and it gets the conversation started with a partner about different fantasies so I love that you brought that up yeah well I think that people can also use these books to help with setting intimacy at the beginning of the day through texting like why don't you text some of these things to your partner like just copy paste just steal it if you have to who cares like yes definitely because I do that too like I'll send like a screenshot because I have a Kindle I'll send like a screenshot and I'll be like "Ooh, this is hot what do you think about this or like "Ooh, I love the way they said this this is like dirty talk like what about doing something like this in the bedroom and like oh you know he'll give his feedback and stuff like that so I love it yes yeah you just kind of tweak it but You know, for the first book that I read for eroticism, like I feel like I cried. Sorry. At the end of this book. Sorry. Spoiler alert. There's spoiler alert. If you're reading this book, we're reviewing it. But yeah, when the her client passes away and I just was like, I didn't expect it. And I just was like crying in the car. I was like, what's happening? I'm crying at a sex book. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yes, because there's a good storyline to it, right? Like, I love that about her character as well. And I also feel like that plays a huge role as well as to why her fantasy was so shocking to her friends because she was like this control, like, you know, I hate to say control freak, but she was like super control, super powerful woman. I run my business. I make other people's fantasies come true, but I want to just relinquish all this control to this man to do all this stuff. And I thought that was amazing. And I feel like oftentimes you see that too with a lot of people in the BDSM that want to do more of a submissive role. Some of them have a lot of control in every other aspect of their life, but when it comes to their pleasure and their sex life, they want to relinquish that to someone and make sure that they like get that care and cherishment, like what you talked about and what she goes through in the book. Well, I would say that that goes to a lot of modern women. A lot of modern women are in powerhouse jobs, man. They're all getting their degrees. It's so amazing. They're out there living their life. But we do want this 
I I've heard of a term called masculine containment. And there's a lot of women that just want to feel safe within this box and being like, okay, this person's not going to intentionally hurt me to the point where it's past the no return. Like that's fine. And the whole scene about even the anal scene, I loved how pain and pleasure was described. One of the lines that I particularly loved was pain can be many things or it can just be pain. And I was like, mm, yes, I well, especially in BDSM and kink, you can use pain as a tool to motivate yourself, to push yourself through things you never thought you could. So I thought it was beautiful. Yes, I love that too. And I love how he takes her to the brink outside of her comfort zone so she can understand that there are other aspects that she's not allowing herself to quite experience. Um, I feel like oftentimes, especially for women and how female sexuality, especially in Western society, is very taboo. So I feel like sometimes women put a cap on their pleasure and they don't understand that there's endless and bountyless amounts of pleasure to have. You just have to allow yourself to go past that threshold. And I feel like Damon does that a lot in this book as well. So I like that. Damon is a caregiver. I think that he is, he is, wow. I, and even with his businesses and the sex club, so he also owns um, one of those. And I was just kind of, I love the medieval feel to it. And even with that, I was like, "Mm, vampire essence again. I was like, "Mm, love it, love it, love it, love it. So I was like, if I had, if I had a sex club, I think it would be like the entrance would be something like that. But when you walk inside, it would be a little bit more modern, but I loved it. Yes, I do too. And I love how I think he calls it what, like the house or something. Yeah, I the think house. It, he keeps it simple. And I love that. Yes, that is funny. But also like a little bit of things about the book, like when he brings her to his mom's house right away and I they share this like good moment. And I can understand why she was overwhelmed because it was supposed to be just at the beginning of fantasy. And I think when you do bridge these like, oh, now you're going to meet my mother. Like, yeah, you could get kind of taken back and being like, hmm, this is a little bit more than just a fantasy once you start meeting those intimate people in their life, especially because his father, like he hadn't been back since his father passed away. Yes. So I think that all added. Yes, for sure it did. Like, I'm sorry, continue. Oh, I was going to say, I think it added to the fact that at the end there, when her client passes away and she just doesn't think that she's going to be the woman that Damon wants. And I think she's just too up in her head, like a little bit. Yes, definitely. And I feel like, too, it goes back to as well that I saw a lot with her character is that that control piece, right? Like Mm. she really wanted it to be a fantasy. And in her mind, if it was a fantasy, it happened in those four walls of wherever Damien was having like the quote unquote scene at that time, which they were doing something. But when it went outside of that, I felt like she felt like she really had to trust Damon and relinquish that control so when she went to go meet his mother her control was tested there because like you said it was no longer the fantasy and then at the end she didn't have control over what happened with her um client and everything like that and how she dealt with those feelings so definitely I feel like it was just a lot of her understanding that it was okay when she got into a trusting respectful relationship that even outside of the fantasy she could relinquish that control and someone would be there to take care of her so I love that Maya Banks shows that in this book So this is the second book out of all the series. Yeah. So what it is, is it's an interconnected standalone. So you can read each book standalone, but it'll touch on some of the other characters within the book. This is my second favorite book in the series. There's this, I want to say the fourth book 
it goes into Micah's character and it's like super hot sex scenes. Like the relationship dynamic is like super hot. It's a lot of like, I know a lot of most common people's fantasies. It has like group sex, a lot of bondage. It goes to a lot of extreme with impact play. And I absolutely love it. Like it's one of my favorites. Okay, well, that's going to be on the list right there because that's sexy and hot. So, yes, Michael was part of the punishment scene when she comes down and doesn't get like she just doesn't come with clothes on. And I thought that was kind of interesting because I kind of see her point. But on my perspective, I would have worn the clothes like I would like those are nice. They sound like a nice outfit. (laughs) Like I would have been like, "Ooh, those are nice. I'm going to wear this. But she held it with grace. And I think that was good. Like she accepted that she was the one at fault and that she didn't she was just acting out like she was just like, "Mm, I'm mad. So I'm going to do something back to him. And then it backfired. So, yeah. Yeah, I know. I love that scene. I was kind of taken aback by it, too. Like, I was like how brazen she was to do that because she didn't know if she was walking into a meeting naked with, like, his business partners that weren't a part of the BDSM kink community or any of that. But she was just like, you know what? He does this in his private life, and so he's going to own it. And I was just like, okay, wow. So, yeah, I mean, kudos to her. But, yeah, I love that. And how I feel like the whole punishment and everything, it was it was handled well, I think, in the book. So Yeah, and... I think just in general, like how he talks about women and I love how all the male characters, it's like, oh, Michael will protect women. He loves women. Um, Damon wants thinks that women's bodies are a piece of art, like how the male characters in the book described women in general. I was like, "Mm, love. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, definitely. Yes. All of them. Right. Like in um, a lot of like book communities, we talk about having like book boyfriends and like I feel like all these men in these books are book boyfriends because even Gray, like he's possessive, but he's super protective as well. Micah is very caring about the women and their feelings and like how they're doing mentally, which I think is super important. And then even Nathan, he's a very big caretaker. He's very like the stereotypical southern boy charm where he's very has a lot of mannerisms he feels like women should be respected and stuff like that then I love Damon like that's one of my things I love men that are like protective and caretakers so everything he did I was just like oh my gosh like this is like my ideal person so yes well I think that's what it is when people understand or I guess when a woman really does feel that trusting and like you can do it we will go to the ends of the earth to do whatever like if our needs are getting met like, I feel like women want to do that. And we want, if we yes. feel getting taken care of, it's our way of giving back. And I, I love that. I think that that I, I love the great, I love the possessiveness. That's kind of my type, the mine, like Serena mine, 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 mine. Like, it's funny. Cause my husband actually says that mine, like he'll come up, give me a hug mine. Like I love that stuff. Um, I used to actually be like in an open relationship. And when I, I, and it's great if people love it, but I actually, it wasn't for me. Like at the end of the day, like I was like, no, I actually want someone where it's kind of one-on-one. And if we do venture out, it's a discussion that we have together and we do it together. We leave together, we come back together. So that in through that journey, I realized that mm -mm, I want to be owned. (laughs) That is something I want. I love that. Yes. I feel the same. I like that a lot too. So yeah, and I definitely love how that's, um, there's actually another book in this series that the last book, it kind of goes along with 
which are kind of talk about how they don't necessarily have an open relationship, but it's like ethical non-monogamy. And there's there's like a triad dynamic, which there's two men and a woman in a relationship. And they end up bringing in one of her ex-boyfriends. And yeah, right? <laughs> so exactly. So it's really interesting how Maya Banks handles that situation in like a polyamorous type, e type situation, along with the BDSM, because both of them are more like doms and she's more submissive and stuff. So it's really interesting, but they're like kind of different in how they do their dominant stuff. So. That's cool. So in the series, is all the characters that were in this book kind of in all, all the other books and they, they so- just go into their background? Yeah, so what happens is um, from the first book, all the men technically get a book and there's two of the women. um, So Serena is the second book and the third book is her friend. um, There's Faith and um, Julie. Julie. Julie is the third book. And then after that, they start introducing other women with the men that have been talked about in the previous. Okay, cool. Well, I actually, Julie comes off as a bit of a ball breaker right there. But then she's actually like super scared on the inside and trying to build up the courage for Nathan and just ask him out on a date. But one of the quotes that I absolutely loved, she says something about women are hardwired for thinking of betrayal. And I was like, yeah, I actually think it's one of our default settings. Like it's (laughs) like out of uh, like not in a mean way, but it's just. That is a fear that we have. Like we go out of our way to do all these things just to be let down. But also Damon showed the same thing. Like he could put an investment in this woman and that he mentioned before and it didn't work out and it goes both ways. So it's vulnerability on both sides. And this idea that it's easier for one versus the other. No, no, this is a universal thing that we all experience with. Yes, definitely. Right. Just vulnerability, trust in a relationship, everything is super hard. Right. Especially when you think about sex and that you're giving your body, your body is the only thing that you actually have physical ownership of and that you're entrusting that to someone else to respect it and take care of it. That's a big leap. And then also with the emotional intimacy as well. So definitely from both Julie and Damon's part, um, you can see how that level of vulnerability is hard in the betrayal aspect. Like we all are afraid of that, right? We're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of getting hurt. So definitely, yeah, that was a powerful statement that she made. Mm-hmm. I think they were good friends. There was uh, one chapter there where I think it was just for the book's sake where they were like, really you into submission. But I actually, in my line of work, that seems to be the case. Like when I see there's a hardworking, like someone who's in control of your day all day, every single day, the opposite of what they want is not that they don't want. Like I know Julie wanted to take submission of Nathan and all that jazz, but she herself was struggling to even find the courage to call and it was flumbering and like, she just, it didn't really work out like the way that she thought it was going to work out. So yeah, I do see that when someone is control of their entire day, they don't want to do sex. That's the time where they can turn it off, tune out, check out, get a mental break and just enjoy the ride. Yes, absolutely. And another thing that I like about this series that you made me think about when you brought up Julie is that each one of them have their like own kinks and fantasies as well. Like you'll see with each of the women that are super interesting. Like in the first book with Faith, she's really into like bondage and the possessiveness. And then you get the sex slave fantasy with Serena. And then in Julie's book, she's all for the group sex. They kind of talk about it a little bit in this book, but they go really in depth into it. And like, she wants to kind of be 
without giving too much away, she kind of wants to be taken by strangers that fit this persona, but she doesn't want to know what they look like. And she wants to be in a group sex kind of situation and setting. I like that. Like I'm somebody who likes like, um, yeah, the whole mask. If I don't see your face like that, it, it adds a spice element for me. So I definitely say that that's something that I would also enjoy. So I'm going to definitely clock in the next book. Oh my goodness. But yes. I thought that they were great. I like at the end when they were caring for her and it turns out, of course, it's all Damon's idea of trying to make her better. I was like, there he is again, little like white knight in shining armor. So yeah. that was very sweet. Yes, I love it. I just love their whole dynamic and I feel like they fit well with each other. And I thought too, it was interesting to see how she wanted that, but she couldn't think of it outside of it just being a fantasy. Whereas her and Damon were perfect for each other. But when she was able to let go, she realized that lifestyle was fitting for her and that her and Damon had this like just great phenomenal dynamic. And you'll see a little bit more of it in the third book as well. And from more of Julie's perspective and how she looks at it and how just she's kind of just enthralled with the trust and the respect between Damon and Serena, where she will let him do whatever in his sex club and take her publicly. And just the love that she sees in their sex and how it goes beyond just the physical intimacy. And you see the emotional connection and their love while they're having sex. And I remember in the third book, that scene was just like, wow, an eye opening to, to see that. Oh, yes. that sounds so sweet. I know. Yes, I love it. Well, I was going to ask, actually, before we move past it, with the health thing, is that typical in, in the books to bring up sex checks and health checks and birth control and all that jazz? You're seeing more of that in contemporary romance aspects. So books beyond like, I want to say 2010 and on, you're seeing a lot more of them have those sexual health education conversations and family planning conversations and discussions about SCI testing and all that stuff. And even using right and proper rhetoric, like instead of saying prostitution, they'll say sex work and stuff like that. The only thing that I see sometimes that I have a little issues with is the anal sex in some of the books. They don't talk about the proper preparation, which you do talk about is for entertainment purposes, of course. And then sometimes too, the lack of like the safe word and the actual communication. But outside of that, I feel like a lot of contemporary romance authors are actually getting really good with doing their research behind of a behind a lot of the different lifestyles and different ways people do stuff in sex and sexuality and bringing that into the books to help where it's a little bit more accurate versus like just people using spit for like anal sex or mm -hmm. going right into like you know bonding people to the bed and not having safe words and safe words and doing proper stuff or safe signals and stuff like that and having the discussions of using condoms and birth control because I think it's important that they're showing more so that a lot of people say those conversations aren't sexy and stuff like that but they're showing I feel like in those books that you can bring in the sexual health piece and it not ruin the moment like the sex can still be hot so I love that yeah and it was very simple like oh here it's in the file oh I faxed it over to you it doesn't have to be long like it's not like you're going no. into a detailed thing and I think it was funny how they were like oh like I was expecting a clean bill of health like yes of course that's what we hope for right so it's it is part of it. So I, I do like that. So when people kind of come at books and being like, it's kind of unrealistic from what I'm seeing is like, they're putting it in some of it. Like it doesn't have to be a hundred percent perfect. This is a book we're reading. So yeah, I, I think that's great. Yes. And also going back to, I love when he talked about how he wanted to like come inside of her, like, right. He wanted to be able to 
mark her with his cum and stuff. And so that's why he didn't want to use a condom. I thought that was a hot way for her to introduce that sexual health conversation into it. When he's like, oh, I want to come in your mouth and come everywhere. And I was just like, oh, that's hot. But he's also bringing a piece of, but we need to get tested to do this. So I was like, that's hot. Oh my God. When he was like, I want to see it come out of you. I was like, mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm, yes, 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 sir. Yes, sir. Master, let's do this. Like right, I'm yes. all for that. Like hell's yes. And it's true because yeah, it, as much as it's health, like it is sexy. Like he's saying, these are the reasons why this is what you're going to get if you're on birth control. Yes. And I love that. And I loved her like little, like, I don't know, like, I don't feel like I can go out and walk in a front in, in a room full of men naked, but just the whole buildup to it was so hot and how he left her in like the anticipation to where when he finally did do penetrative sex with her, like she was already so hot and turned on without him even actually really touching her. I was like, that's hot too. Oh, like the fact that she always gets chained to the bed in the morning so he can fuck her every morning. I like looked at my husband. I was like, you're missing the handcuffs, dude. Like you, you do this, but you need, you should handcuff me to the bed. Cause this is what that's hot every once in a while. Like, oh my God, I loved yes. it. But I, even the two punishments. So she got lashings for when she didn't, when she came down naked, but then her yeah. second punishment was not having Damon with her. And I felt like for me, if I was in that position, of course that would be painful because like, you're just eliminating all aftercare and you're just by yourself. And yes. I, I thought that, Maybe somebody might not understand how painful that could be, but I felt like that was an incredibly harsh punishment. Like, that's a good punishment. Yes, that was extremely harsh. I remember rereading it and thinking, oh, wow, like he robbed her of like that aftercare, that cuddle, that intimacy that she wanted after. I was like, yeah, that was, yep. That but was- then he still showed up. Like, that's the of thing. Course. He still showed up in the morning because he fucking can't not have her or be around her. So, yes. but I was loving the obsession with the hair. The brushing of the hair. I think that more men really need to bring this in. It's the most simplest thing. Just running your hand through someone's hair, brushing it. I think that couples really need to bring that in because it's simple and it's so cute. And it brings you back to your like childhood comforts almost. Like just getting really taken care of from head to toe. Yeah, it's like that. I like the physical intimacy beyond the sexual aspect as well. Like how he would shower her and she would take she would take her turn. They would like clean each other, how they would feed each other. Like, I love that. Like they're giving each other intimacy and care without actually having any sexual elements. And I feel like oftentimes people forget that physical intimacy can extend beyond like the actual sex acts, which I love. Yeah, and expand past and expand past genitalia as well yes. like it's just yes. that's a big one but even with the feeding then yes. they're feeding each other it was just very cute and the aspects of when she was like oh, I don't know if I like this and then realizing that she does like the touch of his lips on her fingers and if you just go slow and this is the whole point of sensuality like just slow senses food smell scent all of it it just encapsulates just a more well-rounded experience yes absolutely I love that yeah but yes, I I think some of the things that took me by surprise was definitely crying at it and being like, wow, this is way more emotional than I thought it was going to be. But also her journey of realizing that she didn't, she originally said that she wanted to have group sex. And then he was like, no, she's mine, which I also was like, oh, that's hot. But they still came on her, which is still chill. Like I was like, that's cool. Cause it, you're still, it's still an event with other people involved, but there was no yes. pen- penetrative sex. And I liked that she was like, you know what? I don't think I would have liked that because reading this book, I don't think she would have liked it. I believe that so much. Like 
mm-hmm. her reflecting and saying, you know what, Damon made a good decision. And this is also about realizing he's not going to make choices to make you feel bad. Yes, definitely. Yes. I love that. And how he really made sure everything he chose to do with her, even off of her list was based on him being attuned to her needs, her wants and who she was as like a person. And I feel like that was super important as well. And yes, there was a lot of like, Oh, in this book, like the kink aspect of that. And also I think to her exhibitionism, like she's a very big exhibitionist, but it didn't seem like she really knew that she was until she got more into doing stuff. So yeah, I thought that was like hot as well. And then there's even like, I think like what, like cock warming in this story as well, where he tells her like that first night that he's going to like stay in her. So she knows that she's, she, he owns her and all this stuff that's hot. So I was like, yeah, so it's a lot of hot yeah. stuff, a lot of different kinks. Do it, Damon, do it. Yeah, actually, yeah. When they were, I think that's when they went to the sex, the house, I've got to say the house, yeah. went to the house and she was walking around looking at everybody. And I feel like that is cool. I feel like I would like to see, yeah, I like watching other people because I like watching yeah. also like the bodies meshing together and just ha- what you said, like you can see people's different love, whether it's like full passion or there's a lot of love in there or it's a mix of both, whatever the case may be, but it's always different. Yes, exactly. And then like even being able to see like just how different people are interested in different types of things that bring them pleasure, right? Like, and I feel like that too can also play for a lot of people as a form of like foreplay, like seeing other people engage in sex acts or acts of intimacy can turn you on. Like you might not necessarily want to do it, but you might see and see other people and their pleasure they're getting out of it and think that it's hot. So I love that with his whole house and sex club aspect of the book. Well, it's just banking ideas, like watching other people, whether you're reading a book or watching pornography, like whatever the case may be, like bank some ideas. Cause sometimes like, not saying watch something and then immediately do it without knowing the risks mm-hmm. of going yeah. for it. But there's a lot of things that I still saw through these books, that, like th- in this book and in video, where it's just like, you know what, I do want to try that. Like, I want to do that. And how are you to know that that's a thing unless like you're presented with this opportunity of knowing it? Yes, exactly. Like there's this one book that I just read in June called Minks by Sophie Lark. And I'm a person, I'm like, I don't know if pet play would be my thing. I don't know if I'm like into like furries and all this stuff, but she puts that in this book. And a lot of people who read the book were like, this is a kink. I didn't know that I think I need it. And then like the whole BDSM switching with the whole pet play dynamic, like it was super hot. And it was just something that it just made you think about something differently. Because sometimes I feel like you might have a thought process of how a certain kink or activity should be handled. But then when you read it in a book or see it in a show, you'll see that, okay, well, there's other aspects to it. Or there's different degrees in which you can utilize it in your sex life that you might be comfortable with. And like you said, you wouldn't know unless you read about it or saw it somewhere. So, yes. Well, In a positive light, I want to mention that too, because sure, like you can, there's a lot of stuff about BDSM and kink that are out there that they're trying to make you feel bad about it or like give off this like weirdness, like this is wrong attitude. But no, when you see somebody who's articulated it in such a poetic way, yes, it makes you rethink and be like, you know what? Anything related to sex can be retold in a poetic way. 
Yes, also yes, I love that. And to piggyback off of that, what I like too, and going back to Sophie Lark as an author is she touches on a lot in her books when she does um devils into like kinks and BDSM is that it can be from a place of trauma healing. Like mm-hmm. you can engage in these different activities in a way to heal trauma and release stress. And I think that's like beautiful and amazing because I feel like a lot of people when they get stressed out or they don't feel like they're in a good mental head space, the first thing they deprioritize is sex and pleasure. And I feel like going, you know, doing BDSM, exploring kinks, different stuff like that can really be a way to channel those negative feelings into like a more positive and pleasurable experience. So Absolutely. Well, I definitely, you know, I say it all the time. I definitely think that there's sexual wellness sabotage on sexual healing. It is something that I don't believe that um, whoever is in charge of letting us know that there's healing in sex, they don't want us to know that they really don't. So whether and you're right, putting it through erotic writing is like cathartic, you can get it out your way if you want, because you don't always have to act it out. You can start by writing it down. You're absolutely right. Yes, definitely. And there's been research like there's called the positive outlook of misattribution of arousal because oftentimes like the same, like that anxious feeling or that stress feeling, sometimes you feel those when you're getting um, turned on or aroused. And when you like, let's say you read an erotica or you watch erotic content or listen to it, what it can do is it can change those feelings to more of a pleasurable stimulation because you're releasing those feel good hormones when you're listening or reading erotica or watching erotic content. So that's also kind of like a way that they've seen where people have been able to handle anxiety and stress as a way of grounding because of this misattribution of arousal where you can take and channel those feelings of anxiety and stuff and make them more arousing and stimulating through erotic content. So that's incredibly positive. And it's so simple. Like I know that people, that's the thing, journaling. I think that journaling or writing stuff down, I think people get a little hesitant towards that. And maybe because it reminds us, like when I think of like having to write when I used to, before I wrote anything down, it was, it was attached to like schoolwork and like essay writing and stupid things I didn't really want to do, but actually like it made writing not fun. And so I think people have grown up thinking that writing is not fun, but it is. And it doesn't have to be a novel. It could be one page, a paragraph, a sentence even. Yes, exactly. And like, you'll see that too, in a lot of sexual trauma healing, they'll tell you to like write down a situation, but like write it in a way that it ended kind of the way that you want it. Like even with me with like how I do like my erotic writing for like my um, podcast, like I'll throw in little pieces of like some of my trauma or bad experiences with boyfriends, but I'll put them into these male characters that turn into something great where they have this hot sex, how like I envisioned and would have wanted it to happen. And I, even on my own journey, I've seen like some healing and release with my trauma through that as well. So it's a, it's a good stress relief. And when you can take it out that you're not writing an essay from like school and stuff and just writing to get the feelings out, you'll realize it's just like that release feeling. So yes, totally. Yeah. And it's good for people that might not be in a relationship or have a power exchange relationship or like a fuck buddy or whatever the case may be. And just because you're alone doesn't mean that your like sexiness and your sexual experiences have to end. Like that's ridiculous. Like it is personal. Yes, definitely. Like I remember I saw something, I can't remember who posted it, but it was something I stumbled across on Instagram where it said 
reimagine pleasure where you don't have to have a partner to have it. Like your pleasure journey should not wait until you have a partner because there's autoerotism. Like there's so much stuff you can do. And I feel like in order to have a great sex life, you have to know yourself as a sexual being, how you like to be touched, what arouses you and what you find pleasure in. And I feel like that starts with, you know, learning by yourself. And so, yes, I love that you brought that up. Oh, wonderful. Well, this book was phenomenal. I definitely think that people really should pick up an erotic book just to give it a taste, you know, and what you before we chose this book, you gave a number of books with tons and tons and tons and tons and tons, like whatever thing you can imagine, there's a book for it as far as I feel. Yes, definitely. I always tell people when you're, there's three things I always suggest when you're trying to find, if you're just not coming into erotica and you're trying to find one, what fantasies or kinks you might think you're interested in. There's a book out there that you can kind of vicariously live through the character to see if that's something you're interested in. Two, what movies and TV shows do you like, right? Like, are you a Grey's Anatomy fan? There's medical romance. Like you said, you like vampires. There's dark romance with supernatural shapeshifters with werewolves and vampires out there that have been super hot with like butt blood play and everything, right? And then the third one is, what other books do you like to read, right? Like if you love thriller, suspense, there's romance, suspense, and murder mysteries type books as well. There's just different avenues. So you can definitely look at like kinks you're interested in, movies and TV shows you like, and other book genres, and you can find that in erotica. So yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this was a great review on the book, and I feel like I learned a lot about erotic writing as well in this. So that was wonderful. But do you have anything else that you'd like to mention about the book? Uh, no, like, yeah, like I love Maya Banks, and I think she's great, especially if you're into bdsm a lot of her books cover that and she handles it pretty well and she writes good characters and good stories so i definitely would suggest anyone read her stuff well i do have one question for you if on a scale of like one to spicy where does this book fall on the books that you've read oh let's see for me like i'm a little (laughs) harsh with my spicy radar i'll say probably yeah okay so if we go from a scale of one to five I will probably say that book is probably a three for me okay okay cool Yes. like I've read some hotter to me typically the darker the book and the more trigger warning the book for some reason the hotter the sex like I feel like if they're trigger warning people they're just like well I'm about to go balls to the wall (laughs) with what I'm gonna do in this book so some of the hottest stuff is usually in the books that are more like trigger warning worthy. I'll just throw that out. Well, I think that when it is trigger warning for sure, like on for some people and all, but in the same breath, it's about taking those things that triggering and just rewiring it, I think a little bit in your head, yes. which is something like it, it takes a lot of work and it's not an easy journey. I'm not going to say that at all. And, you know, maybe it's something you just don't ever want to look at, but when you don't work through it and there's like this wall that you put up you're not doing yourself a favor either by just ignoring that either yes I agree definitely yes definitely and honestly some of my most healing that I felt where I felt like because sometimes I feel like reading especially erotica gives you a lot of relatability um some of the most healing I've gotten is from reading what has happened to a character in a book and feeling that like knowing how they Mm -hmm. felt where I felt like I couldn't express that and get that from other people but going through that character's journey and being on the same page like I felt like there was healing in that even though it was fictitious and then I was able to learn like you said the recourse and everything from looking at it from a different perspective by going through it 
um, through how the writer has written that character. Absolutely. Well, I think with me personally, when it comes to it, I love possession because like out of mine is abandonment. So it's just one of those things like it's a polar opposite. And so I feel very good in those possessiveness. So like, if you steal me, you throw me in the back of a van, like whatever. I just think like, mm, this person really wants me. Like, oh, like that's kind of my thing. Like, I love it. Yes, I love that. I'm like, if you like kind of like that, do you like kind of like primal kink too, where you feel like you're being haunted? Oh yeah, like, like I just- Oh, I, I got some good book recommendations for you with that. Like there's um the ritual by Chantel Tessier, and then there's like the God's Legacy by Rena Kent, where it's like primal kink and you're being hunted and kidnapped and stuff. Like you probably like a lot of that like stalker possession books that are out. Oh there. yeah, like, hot like that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so there it is. That's where we're going next on the next one when we do a review. Uh, if there's any like stalker primal vampire books, that is what. I would love to read next with you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll have to look, but I'll definitely find one. I know there's like, I'll just have to find the vampire aspect, which I'm sure there's definitely one out there. Yeah. For our listeners, if you got any, throw them in the ring there. So, well, this was, I loved having you on the show. This was so much fun to talk about this book. I want, love to have you back to do more book reviews on this. For our listeners, if you have any books you'd like us to read, just drop them in the comments. Yeah. But Lala, where can my listeners find you? Yeah, so I have a website at lalasbedtimetales.com. And then also you can find me on Instagram at lalasbedtimetales. I'm also on TikTok, uh, YouTube at lalasbedtimetales. And then if you like audio erotica, I have a podcast called Lala's Bedtime Tales Erotic Stories, where I write and tell erotic stories and I have them to music and sound effects to give you that mental health benefit and also sexual health benefit of listening to erotic. So yeah. Oh, okay. Right. One moment before we go, I just want to say that this is going to help your imagination. People, if you're struggling with imagination, read books, listen to the audio, it's going to help you with your imagination. But thank you all so much for listening and we will be back next week. And as always, stay kinky.